so the main thing, the main reason I wanted to do this was because the last time we talked about The Matrix, I had only revisited the first one, and you, you kind of laid out some theories or whatever about the second and third movies, but I hadn't watched them since, like, basically they came out. Right. So now I, I'm all up to date, and I know <clears throat> The Matrix trilogy. It's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet trilogy. Uh, it it definitely is, and um, I think that the 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 common the common theme that like the the last two Matrix movies suck, I feel like is kind of unfair, but I can understand it because like they're like I feel like I feel right. like the important parts of plot are not easily digestible. And and I guess like that's fair. If, yeah. if you were to look at it with like kind of that douchebag critical eye, you can just be like, yeah, these fights are like CGI, goofy, like whatever. But like they're fun, the right? Are like awesome. yeah, they're they're awesome. No, they're fun. They, they rock. Um, no, I was so I was actually gonna ask like because I always thought it was sort of just like the common opinion that the sequels were like really bad. Like, in the same way people talk about, like, the prequels or whatever of Star mm-hmm. Wars. But then, like, lately, I feel like a lot of people have been re-watching them uh, because of the new movie. And I only <laughs> see people say good stuff about them. So I, I was wondering, like, if people... Yeah, did people always feel this way? Or is this a recent turnaround? I, I think it's and recent. I guess you're kind of confirming. Yeah, I think it's okay, a recent okay. turnaround. because, Like, I mean, at the time, like... People just buried these movies. Like, I think particularly. Well, I, I take that back. Actually, I, I think that people particularly were critical of like the the Smith fights of the third movie, where like the you know the final battle or whatever, and people were very very. Oh, I thought it was so sweet. I know, <laughs> right? Like, oh, uh, people. I think I don't know. I think it's aged really well. Um, I think it has too. Because you mentioned like kind of like the CG stuff about it. I actually think this movie, and I, I also think the prequels are a good example of this, and I don't know, uh, I think some of the CG stuff in uh, Spider-Man, in the early Spider 2000 Spider-Man movies, these are like really inspired uses of CG. These are people like experimenting with it, and I feel like, I don't know, like around 2008 on, like, C- like CG in movies has just gotten like very boring. Well, it, it's because that's <laughs> like when they it, really perfected it. Was around that time, right? Like, and and here it was a little bit I more also raw. Think, I also think though, like a way they perfected it was like it's a thing everyone's done now, where they've kind of like everything is darker <laughs> to like hide it a little better. Um, and. I think these movies and, like, the prequels, like, almost kind of... Especially The Matrix, they embrace it because it's in this virtual world. It's supposed it's supposed to look like a computer, you know? <laughs> it's supposed to look like a comic book computer movie, you know? And I don't know. I think compared to... Like, I don't know. I, like... I see stuff... People posting clips lately of, like, the new Spider-Man movie... And every time I have to turn up the brightness on my phone, like I cannot see what's going on. And I think it's because that makes it easier to hide like CG stuff. Whereas I feel like the better way to embrace it is to like not 
is to just fully embrace it and be like, yeah, like it's wild. It's going to look wild. I think that the matrix is very unapologetically like, it's just like, we're going to use CG. We don't care what you think. Like it's going to be cool. It's going to be exaggerated. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. Like I'm this, when people shit on the Smith fights, I was just like, you know, I, I guess you can look at them and say like, Oh, this shit is fake. And like, it doesn't look good. And it looks stupid. Like, I mean, whatever, like it's, it's fun, right? Like it's cool. You've got like a thousand fucking Smiths around you. Like, this is cool, and if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna pick it apart, then like, why are you watching this movie in the first place? Because this is obviously like the Matrix doesn't try and pretend to to be anything else than what it is. Like it doesn't. That's you know that's what I mean. Is like they're criticizing it for like like they're saying it they're saying it like it's not supposed to be that way. Like they're saying it about a like. Neo literally throws Smith into a bunch of other Smiths and like the a bowling ball noise, like hitting pins happens. Like it's it's not like I don't know. It that is the point of it, I think. Now. And it rules. It's awesome. I will say that so we were talking about how the the opinion is kind of turning around. And I and I think it's kind of turning around because people are listening to what the plot was rather than focusing on the CGI. And uh, the other common criticism that I heard, and I think that this one is actually like completely legitimate, is that people didn't know what the fuck was going on in the second movie when Neo got to the source and he talked to the architect. Uh-huh. And and I like I agree. Like that's a hard scene to follow, but if you do follow it and you and you listen to what he's saying and then you go into the next movie and you you kind of like maybe piece together who the Merovingian is or was or could have been. And then you, you kind of go into the ultimate end game of the Oracle. It's like, it's such a cool story that they've crafted. And like, it's, it is dense. It's thick and it's hard to follow. And it's probably going to need, it's a little, yeah, it's, it's maybe it's not like told in the best way. I'll, I'll definitely say that. Yeah. I, I think that the architect scene was a, was a big miss. Like, like what he's saying is very, very cool, but the way that he's saying it is, is like not engaging. It's, it's not in and like by design, cause he's supposed to be this old ass robot. So he's talking in a monotone robotic delivery. There's no emotion, but the, the difference is, is that there's no visual aid either. Um, except for you could kind oh, you okay. could kind of see like all the Neos on the TV, and those are those are supposed to be the the past versions of Neo, because as the architect tells us, there have actually been six versions of the Matrix. So like, that's uh-huh. pretty cool. But like, it, like I always use this analogy. Like, imagine in the first movie when Morpheus is telling you what the Matrix is, if he just stood there and just told that to you in a monotone voice, and like you didn't have the battery, you didn't have the the fields of humans, you didn't have the machines, you didn't have the sky. Like that helped set that scene up and be like, holy shit, this is awesome. Where that scene, while what he was saying was really cool and really critical to understanding the plot, was not delivered in a very good way. But I think that the the public opinion is maybe turning a little bit because, you know, be, because, like, what he's saying is cool and the story is cool and we've had all this time to kind of wade through the dense lore of the Matrix and, like, now maybe we're not as, like, snobby yeah. about CGI and stuff like that. And I, because, honest to God, I think, like, the message and the themes of The Matrix are, are so relevant in today's world. Mm. 
I think um, it it also like when he's describing it, like the first movie, it's like an extended. It's like part of the, part of the movie is sort of explaining how the Matrix works, and it's not. It's like it's a little out there, but it's not as complicated. Right. And then I feel like it in the the source scene, it's it's a lot more being explained in a lot like at the tail end of the movie basically so it is it's a little dense but i i also think too it's like um on uh, like the surface level thing you need to understand about it isn't that complicated but i i can t- sort of see trying to be like what what am i supposed to take from this at oh first? totally you know like that could throw oh, me yeah. off but i was i was also sort of the opposite though where um I I always felt like couldn't like my views on the movie were that uh especially the second one was that I always liked it because while I couldn't remember like what actually <laughs> happened necessarily I would always remember like the 30 minute freeway highway yeah. scene like that's one of the sweetest action scenes in any movie. Oh, it's it's awesome! Um, and those two ghosts. I mean, come on, God, that's so good. And so I think that that even still to this day, I think I could see someone easily watching that movie and not really getting it. But you can't deny. You can just can't deny the the action in that movie. It's so good. No, absolutely. And I and I think that people were critical of that architect scene because it followed that action scene. You know what I mean? Like, like in the first movie, you had the really sick showdown between Neo and Agent Smith, and he's just kind of learning who he is. In the in the third movie, I mean, you have another showdown between Agent Smith and, and Neo, but this one's for, like, all the chips. And the second movie is, like, you do have the battle scene at Zion, but, the, the, like, yeah, it's yeah. not as... Like, the final revelation really is the architect scene. Like, that's, like, the big part of... That's yeah. the big point of the movie. And it's it's just not the same, where you don't see Neo in that high-stakes kind of environment. I mean, I guess he I True. guess he fights the robots after and uses his powers or whatever, but that that's really, like, the main yeah. scene of the movie, the revelation. Um, so I think that's I, maybe why I, it doesn't land for some people as well, because that's more or less what the movie ends on. The big like moment of realization in the end of the first movie is too. It's it's sort of easy to. It's like kind of your typical like the hero awakening type thing, yeah. and then the end of the second one is sort of saying like, "Well, this is all manufactured," yeah. <laughs> you know. And maybe people just didn't really like that. I, I think that that's exactly like, it, and I and I think that that could be something that the <laughs> Matrix Resurrections has going against it as well is because okay i think that people don't like it when you're just like everything you thought you knew is wrong and like you have to relearn what you think you knew um but i actually think the point of it actually reinforces the themes of even the first movie i i do too yeah because yeah because the the first movie is about you know you live in this world where your choice is an illusion and you're all you're really just like a cog in the machine of this system that just perpetuates itself over and over um and, and that's like blown up to the, the to the 10th degree in this in this following movie well yeah because 
they present they present Neo this choice at the end of the second one that's quote unquote save humanity or you know not and for him it's like choose love I guess but it's really like that that choose love option is a false choice basically because they they think they've programmed the system where they're always going to choose to restart humanity. So like I think I think that's what people get mad about is like, oh, but he chose like the selfish thing, but it's it's a false choice, you know what I mean? Cuz I think he actually chose to say fuck you, <laughs> like I'm we're not going to go along yeah. with this. And I think what's a better reason to do that than like because you are love someone, you know, like, you know, what? it's not selfish. I don't think I, I <laughs> it's actually like, that's what you're fighting for. I never thought of it in that way that it was selfish. I, I thought that like, in my mind, it's like, I choose to be human because like he, he loves yeah. somebody and that's what a human being would do for like someone you love. It's like, I don't care. I'm doing this. And like, you know, he's the architect has very clearly explained this system that, that continues over and over and over again and it always gets to the same point and also you know neo is not only choosing to save the person he loves but like he's choosing to break out of the cycle and like either either end the cycle or defeat the cycle or be defeated by the cycle yeah exactly and so, like, I, I feel like that yes. was like an awesome decision and an awesome moment Yes, and you really feel, oh, like when he comes and saves Trinity, it's so good. Like they, they, they are incredible. I love the two of them. Uh, they, I mean, they really are. Like it's, uh, it's believable. They have chemistry. Uh, it, it was great to see them actually, like in twenty twenty one, on stage again. They look, they yeah, look awesome. I'm, I'm just really excited. I don't know how you know how they've gotten them both into this movie or like what. The premises, but I'm just really excited to see them together again, you know? Yeah, this new movie is going to be so rocking. We're going to do an episode on this, on the main virtual theater feed, like, soon. Uh, it seems guaranteed to be sweet, right? Like, yeah. I don't see how it can't be sweet. I, I think the thing about it, too, is I think that it's going to be guaranteed to be significant as well, in, like, the terms of the, the Matrix lore. Like, it's not going to be just another, like reboot or like shitty movie that's just you know like we've run out of movie ideas in the in 2021 like what should we do let's go back to the matrix i feel like i feel yeah. like this is going to add something significant whether maybe we won't like it right away but i i feel like it's gonna be like yeah, significant right. <laughs> it'll at least be interesting even if it's like if you walk away from it cold i don't i don't think you'll say it's like boring or bland you know like that seems impossible well, yeah you definitely you can never say that about the matrix which i love um but yeah th these sequels i feel like are are kind of gaining a little bit more traction um you know mm -hmm. in, in terms of like public opinion and and maybe getting a second chance and a second look which i feel like is very is very fair very warranted i i myself for a long time was just like ah those weren't that good and like I, I don't think I would say they're maybe as good as the first Matrix, but I mean, that's like a damn near perfect movie, the, right? Like the first one is such a tight little movie. It's yeah, it's such a perfect little package. Uh, and I don't see how I don't see 
what you could do from there as a sequel other than do what they did, which was go absolutely insane. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think even recently I heard someone talking about the third one and even being positive about it, but they one one part of that final fight part you didn't mention uh was like the actual like war parts of like the people on Zion and and like I heard criticism by someone who even liked it that was saying like there is just a long period of like like a guy like a bunch of guys shooting mini guns at like the machines or whatever but I even think that is really compelling like it's just like shot really well or like the CG is really cool uh that like it happens so long and there's just so many machines it's so fucking crazy that i was like oh my god like i could not contain myself watching that part i, I want to talk about the machines in the matrix actually because i think that this is something that the matrix does so 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 well in that it would be super easy and, and actually the first matrix is guilty of this a little bit but it would be super super easy to paint every single machine as like evil because they are part of the matrix and part of this system that oppresses humanity. Um, however, they don't necessarily do that in, in the sequels. Um, they're certainly not presented as good guys, but the machines are presented as more shades of gray. You know, they're practical, like the Merovingian. I feel like it just in general, like uh-huh. it's really interesting how like certain programs that exist in the matrix kind of evolve into like their own sentience and their own personality. So like you have the Smiths, you have the Merovingian, you have the Oracle, the art, like all those guys like that started off as right. programs serving the matrix that kind of evolved into like these, these quasi own personalities, even though they are part of the system. I found that really compelling, but like even the actual machines themselves, I thought that the ending of the matrix trilogy, like when I rewatched it a few years ago, cause I kind of forgot how the movie ended and like, and when Neo like makes that pact with the machines, I was like, this is so fucking cool. Like, like this is so, that was really sweet. It's so yeah. good. Cause like the machines are like, you know what? Like, uh, agent Smith is going to destroy everybody, including us. So, like we, we have to work with this guy. So like, it's not like they were just like mindlessly evil, which, you know, obviously, they they didn't get to rule the planet by being mindless, but I, I just thought that that was like so no, yeah, cool. Right. Like it, it was a little bit, you know, it 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 was just like okay, these robots like they really can't be defeated, but maybe we can work with them. And I and I really liked that resolution, even right, if it might not Smith, be true. By the way, Smith didn't. What might not be true? If well, I don't know if you want to get into this now or, or later, well, but. Before we yeah. do, I want to say Smith, he doesn't start going rogue right until the second one after he's like kind of been touched by Neo, yeah, right? Correct. Because that, so, because that sort of idea, they, they change him and like they change the Oracle in the second one too. Like they're sort of, or like they add more to that lore. And I think that really goes, it's so thematically strong with this idea about like the systems that like perpetuate themselves that almost go beyond like what even the creator of them could imagine, you know totally. what I mean? So yeah. like the, mach- the machines built this world um, and then it has all these side effects and on some of these like AIs they create become even their own, you know, they become their own person 
And I think that becomes compelling, too, that, like, because Neo, he's this hero who is, his whole thing is about breaking out of the system, and the main villain of of the series, at least that trilogy, is this program that is also trying to do that. Right. You know, but in, in, in a different way. Just, to so go back on something so cool that I just to said, too, like... Like you just said, like they the, the AIs develop their own personality and stuff. Like that's so believable to me. Like which is which is awesome as well. I I love that in sci-fi when I'm like I could totally see this happening if this were to ever occur, right? Like that just it seems so believable. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean like like Smith really becomes the the all powerful figure that we see him when he rejects his purpose, which is to bring order to the Matrix, and he's supposed to be deleted. And he's just like, no, I I won't be deleted. And that's when you see him just become this this figure um, that is, in many ways, the kind of the other side of the coin of Neo and the One. And that that's why a lot of people call Smith not Neo the One. By the way, the not they call them what? So there's there's like a long-standing theory that Agent Smith is the One, not Neo. Which, oh, which does okay. like make a lot of sense when you actually break it down, because, you know, if if we're to take what the Oracle told us verbatim, where like he's a man born within the Matrix and has the will to create the Matrix in his own image, Smith is that and does that and sure, is yeah. the one that basically forces the machines to, you know, cease fire on the humans. So it's that's interesting to me as well. It's sort of like a yeah accidental. Yeah, he's the he's the unwitting one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just so true to like things today of like no no like type of like system that sort of governs the world. Like they, you know, down the line, like they all have these unintended consequences and they end up I don't know, destroying themselves. <laughs> Something else comes along, you know, whether it's like you know, an economic system or like you know, a a global empire or anything like that, you know, like the, like the, there's just all these like chain reactions of consequences that occur, you know, it's such a, it's such a fascinating story. Like I think like every character is fascinating in this movie. And like, you see, especially the third movie, it just gives you that lore of like, there's this underground kind of like, like a black market almost where like, programs that are obsolete that have developed sentience are like trying to stay alive so they're not deleted by the matrix i thought that was like that was all super compelling it was like really good stuff and it all just it honestly makes the the further lore that is added in the second and third movie make honestly like it works really it's awesome at the end of the first one where it's like neo becomes the one because he believes he is or whatever it is you know but it's it's so much more interesting to me that it's like no he's not this like special hero just because it's it is because he was put into this position um and i i sort of think that's kind of true with some of like some of the uh great men of history or whatever are just sometimes there because like that's the that's just what led them there and but it's really about how do you take advantage of that moment you're given like that power you're given? Yeah. So I think that's actually really cool that he's not just, I mean, he, he is born special, but it's because 
they they de- they deemed it so like the people who were like pulling the strings you know like in my eyes neo becomes the one like he really truly becomes the one when he says fuck you to the architect and he goes and saves trinity yeah like that that's neo becoming oh, so, yeah. the one and like yeah it, it's such a it's such a powerful moment it's so good cuz like you know his the everything that we thought we knew about the prophecy and about everything was was in fact another form of control by the machines and so to break out of that is that is him like you know becoming a real hero um not that he wasn't heroic in the first movie of course but like now the stakes are are much higher that is awesome <laughs> but and, and even like going back to the, like the ai's kind of gaining their own like um sentience a little bit it's interesting too that like the Oracle, who is part of the Matrix, um, is is basically trying to help them and pulled out like the the one of the final lines in the trilogy is is the Oracle and the Architect talking and he's the Architect is just like he played a very dangerous game and you like she basically let Smith push the Matrix to the point of you know absolute destruction in order to facilitate this truce between the humans and between the machines, which is very, very, again, very compelling and just, it's it's such it's such a fascinating story, I feel like, to me. And I thought that the ending was, like, just so, like, so, so good. Yes, and it's cool because it, it leaves you wondering, like, what 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 happens now, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's it's definitely a concise ending, you know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like the end of a, of a trilogy, but you're, it's like... It's like it's not the end of like history, obviously, which makes it feel so much more realistic. You know that they they will probably constri- continue to struggle. You know, it's not things aren't perfect by the end. So the last time we talked about the Matrix, and I was giving you my Matrix within a Matrix theory. Did you were you like familiar enough to to like follow that? I had no idea what you were talking about. Okay. <laughs> no idea. I want to. I want to re-outline that really quickly. But actually, I'm less. Yeah. I am less sure of that now than I was when we talked earlier, seeing the new trailers for the Matrix okay. Resurrections. But my thought process was like, it would make a lot of sense if we saw, like, so Neo is supposed to be dead. Trinity is supposed to be dead, and yet they're not. They're alive in the Matrix Resurrections. Um, it would make a lot of sense to me if what we saw. In the entire trilogy, so like when you're when you're in Zion, when you're in the the quote unquote real world, was in fact just another part of the Matrix. Because what what the architect is telling Neo when they meet is that one percent of people will reject the Matrix because they know it's not true. Um, so they they created this kind of artificial war between humanity and the machines in order to to basically uh, placate those people. But like. It makes more sense to me that there would be another version of the Matrix that existed, like kind of like a Matrix within a Matrix, where that mm. war could be fought, but digitally. Because if you look at it that way, it makes a lot of sense because Neo can use his powers in the real world in the trilogy, even though we really shouldn't be able to. They do explain that he's able to by by touching the source, but they don't really explain what that means or what it entails. Um, it would explain that. Neo and Trinity are both alive in the Matrix Resurrections because we are told in the Matrix that if you die in the Matrix, you die in the real world. But 
if that reality is also kind of a matrix, that doesn't have to be true. That can be totally false. Um, so I, I thought that that was maybe a way that they could get around that and just say, like, actually, Neo, you've you've never woken up. You've been asleep all this time. But I don't know. I feel like less confident in that theory now. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I guess I could see it as like it's just another way to obfuscate, you know, everything. But it would be similar to two, where it's like you're you're once again have another false sort of choice that you're making. But I don't know. That might be too much. Well, that's but... kind of what I was thinking because then you've really told everybody that everything that happened previously didn't mean anything. And and somebody, I was talking to somebody when we were watching the Game Awards, and they they kind of detailed that. And I was just like, I don't know if I like that, because, like, really that negates everything that happens in the first three movies, which which it totally does. Yeah. And I can see that maybe rubbing people the wrong way. But I And I think that's why people kind of dumped on The Matrix Reloaded in Revolutions, because that dumped, like, that made what happened in the first movie somewhat irrelevant as well. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I, I wasn't really questioning him having the powers, because it, it really seemed like like that was another, to me it was more thematic again with like things getting beyond the control of the creator in a way they couldn't comprehend or like predict, because they seemed like pretty confident that Neo was always going to make the same choice. Right. And so they probably weren't worried about those repercussions, but then he doesn't. And they're like, oh, shit, we like we accidentally made him Goku in in real life, basically. Uh, what do we do now? You know, so that's how I always kind of felt like it is like, why does he have these powers? Well, why? Why not? Like they never they've never had to deal with this, I guess, <laughs> you know, very interesting and, and random thought, too. But like so the Oracle kind of played that game where she was willing to push the Matrix to the end. And really, the way that she did this was so interesting because basically it kind of was like Inception where she planted a seed in Trinity's mind and was just like, you're going to fall in love with the one. And then that like that became a reality because she was preconditioned to that. And then because they had that love, that's what caused Neo to not make that decision. And like, it's interesting that the Oracle like knew that human emotion was the way to to beat this. I, I I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. And like yeah, I like those things of like she tells them the prophecies, but then like they make it true. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And like she tells them what they need to hear, which is which is fascinating. I actually li- like too that like she's willing to get assimilated by Smith and that in the end Neo is also willing to get assimilated by Smith in order to basically shut him down. It's just it's such a fascinating set yeah. of circumstances, I feel like. God, yeah. That final fight between the two of them is It kicks massive. ass. Yeah. It's so sweet. Which yeah. is which is crazy because like the Matrix is completely unrecognizable by the end. Like like it's it's insane to see what Smith has done to the Matrix. Like throughout history and when i say history i mean like the history of the matrix but like you've never seen anything even close to that level of destruction or corruption so it it just really goes to show how like like how much of a of a threat smith was and became and i would actually i wouldn't mind learning 
a little bit more about like, I guess maybe the agents or something like that to see what it was that allowed Smith to be able to say like, like, no, I, uh, I'm not going to be deleted. And I guess it's because Neo went inside of him and maybe they got like, he kind of picked up some human emotion from that. I'm not sure. But I always thought that that was like really fascinating that the more kind of human Smith became, the more powerful he became as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So very cool. God, yeah. It's, it's so good. It's, it's really good. And uh, to the new one again, I think what's important about it is that it will be cool because I don't think it will play it safe, which I think has been like, cause yeah, it, it does kind of like, it is, it kind of stinks a little bit that like the most hyped movie I could ima- imagine getting hyped for that's like coming out right now is just like a sequel to a big franchise movie. But I, I at least say, think it's like one that won't be like just playing it safe. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Totally. Um, One character that I want to talk about just very quickly uh, that I feel like nobody really talks about in the Matrix anymore is the Merovingian, who I thought was like a very interesting character, actually, because he's like kind of this old program. And it's it's kind of yeah. it's hinted at. And I don't think that this is true, but like it's hinted at that maybe he used to be the one. But like he he kind of oh, went down a different okay. path because like his wife says that like he used to be kind and just a lot like Neo and um he can do some things with the matrix as well. I've seen that theory before. I, I don't think so, but uh, just like, I, I thought it was really cool that like you have this program that has existed through all of, you know, all of the iterations of, of the matrix. And he's like, he's kind of like a gangster, but in a matrix way where he's like, yeah, he's, he's like smuggling out programs and, and he's got this backdoor channel between the source and, and the, the matrix, uh, cool interesting he's character. someone who's like he's like managed to like take advantage of his situation yeah and, yeah and like live within the bounds of it yeah that's that's a really cool concept like you yeah it, it's cool how on i maybe this is like an obvious thing to say but on the program and just like the human side you have you have like a wide swath of characters who like the way they interact with the matrix is so different, but you do get like a little taste. Like everyone does have like, you can identify, I guess with aspects of their different character traits or personalities. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like to go away from him for a second, I I think of uh, like, you have a character like Cypher, you know what I mean? Who is just like, he represents like, yeah, that majority of people who, uh, I think I can relate to this too, where it's like you live in like this totally hollowed out inhumane system, but for you, it's like, it's working out for me. I got the steak. It tastes good. You know, it, it doesn't matter where, what, what's, what's given me it. I'm, I'm fine with the steak. You know what I mean? Whereas you have like, I don't know. Then you have people who are just unaware, you know what I mean? So like, I love that sort of thing. Like the architect makes me think of that too, where he's like, this works out for me. It doesn't hurt me. So whatever, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I I thought that that cypher scene was so spectacular. Like 
So yeah. spectacular, especially coupled with, He's with Morpheus's <laughs> line earlier in the movie about, like, most people are so hopelessly indebted to the Matrix that, like, they will fight to protect it and not even realize that they're enslaved. Like, Jesus Christ, is that not 2021? L- like, I mean, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, that scene was awesome. And, yeah, I just, like I said, like, I, I like that the machines aren't, presented as like these evil robots but like they are complex systems that develop personalities and like can reason and you know at at the very end of revolutions the architect is still there it's not like he was destroyed but they've restructured and maybe rejigged what the matrix does or or will do for people with this new truce with the machines so yeah i i think that that's like very very compelling and i and i wonder too like how long and how motivated the machines would have been to keep this truce because they can very clearly and very easily just, you know, totally put humans back in those pods. Like they, they, uh, it's not like, it's not like they don't have the power to re-enslave humanity on like the drop of a dime. And with Neo gone, um, I always wondered how motivated they would be to actually uphold that for an extended period of time. That's, that's what they end the movie on too. They say like, we don't know how long this truce will last, you know? Yeah. I like it because, yeah, it's like it's a very cool ending. Neo is very like, again, by how I love how crazy they get where it's like if we're making these sequels and it's going to expand upon this, like, let's go nuts with them. Like the metaphor of him being like this messiah like figure, like let's he goes he's blind, but he you could see everything and he's he's fucking like Goku Jesus, you know. Um, I love that, but then it's got this big epic ending, but then I, I love how it's like, it, you know, it feels so complete, but it's still like, I don't know, like, we gotta figure out what's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh, it, it, dude, just really quickly, too, <laughs> that scene where Neo and Trinity see the sky, fuck, that was good. Oh, oh my god, yes! Oh my god, that's it's the details like that. So simple, that but so effective. Blow me away. Oh, so good. It's because it's not something you're like really expecting either. And then when it happens, it was like a gut punch. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like, fuck. It, it drives. <laughs> it like, really drives home. Like these guys have never seen the sky. They've never seen the sun. Yeah. This is crazy for them. Oh so yeah, that was a great scene. Also, the <sighs> fucking rave at at Zion is awesome. The rave is that's oh so God. good, yeah, so good. I think people people knock that too. Uh, yeah, people that don't like fun probably knock that. That's what I mean. Yeah, these movies rock. They're fun. Um, I think I don't know. I think more. I think I don't know. This is my boomer movie opinion, but I think people want move like we were so embarrassed by these movies and the prequels that like after after this after like this was the last gasp (laughs) and then it was like we have to start and i think and i don't even mean this as a knock against this type of movie but i I think like the dark knight and i think iron man a little bit too uh got people thinking like okay this is like comic booky stuff that i cannot be embarrassed by and then since then we've been chasing that sort of feeling whether it's either like and some of these movies I like, but like I feel like the kind of Batman trend has been more. It's very serious, um, 
we're not goofy, or it's the Marvel version of, look, we're laughing at it. We know it's silly, and so it's okay for you to like it because we've given you the approval to laugh at it. Instead, like, of of this movie where it's both serious and goofy, and it's not, it's unabashed, you know, it's just like, fuck it, let's just go for it. This is, this is, it's not even based on a comic book, but it's like, this is a comic book movie. Is more of a comic book movie than like, um, I don't know, The Winter Soldier, which is a movie I like, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. You know, the problem with The Dark Knight was like, I, I mean, at the time, that was just like a stylistic choice to, to make like a, a serious kind of superhero movie because it hadn't really been done before. And it was almost like too successful oh, at yeah. that, you know, like, because like, I love The Dark Knight, um, but yeah, like the, you got The Dark Knight and then like after that it was very, I don't know, very very sullen. I feel not for just for like comic book movies or or like, you know, that, but I, I just feel like movies in general, like they're very bleak, very serious. You had you had that with everything like again, even these are some movies I like, but yeah, even like the Bond movies had to go, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The backstory. That's what I mean. And You go from, like, the invisible and, car in the in the last Pierce Bronson Bond movie, and, like, then you go to Casino Royale, which is an awesome movie. I love that movie, but, like, he's, like, beating the shit out right, of someone yeah. in the bathroom at the very beginning, right? Casino, it's so good, yeah. It's so sick. But it, I think it's just the overall trend I haven't liked. And then the only way... It's not always the case, but the only way it's ever gone silly is if it's, like... <laughs> this is a joke, guys. You get it? You get it? You America's know? ass. Like something... Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why I like something like, like I like John Wick a lot because it's it's so deadly serious, but it's so goofy and it knows it. But it, I don't know. I just don't. I I I I like not having like the per- movie's permission to think it's it's a little silly. You know, like The Matrix is s- silly, but it doesn't it doesn't need to go like. Like, they're not like, take the red pill or the blue pill, and, and Neo's not like, red pill, blue pill, what am I, at the doctor's office? You know what I mean? Like, come on. <laughs> Fuck me. Can you imagine? Oh. That that was a little bit of, some of their dialogue in the uh, that video game trailer was like that, and I was like, I don't think Neo and Trinity would talk like this. You know what? I was so disappointed, actually, because when I was watching the Game Awards, which is a completely different show, by the way, because the Game Awards sucked <laughs> ass. But I was watching the Game Awards, and there was just like, we have the Matrix Awakens. And I was like, fuck yeah, like a new Matrix game. Like, yes! And it wasn't a game, it was just a tech demo for Unreal Engine. Yeah. Especially because some of the gameplay looked pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Like, if this was a real game, let's make a new Matrix game. Come on, give me that Matrix game. Yeah, n- now is a great time for one, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah, these movies are awesome. I love the, uh, I love the Matrix trilogy. Like, I just, I feel like it's themes of like control and and humanity and, and compromise and like love. Oh they're, yeah, they're so like universal but i i felt like for the last especially like two years like i've i've come back to that quote a lot actually over the last two years where morpheus says like so many people are so ingrained and dependent on this system that they will fight to protect it even though it actively harms them and like i i just i haven't been able to get that out of my head for like the last 
two years or so because like it's just so chillingly true like yeah it's actually really it's really funny that that movie got co-opted by like right-wing people at all because it's so it's such a oh like, did it i didn't know that you to yeah because it like it be like the whole red pill thing oh okay you remember oh yeah that was like a thing for i don't know i feel like that's died down a little bit especially because uh the the directors of the matrix were like fuck you guys but yeah it was like this whole like conservative thing of like oh like like the reality is i don't even know it's fucking bullshit and you you take the red pill and you wake up from this you oh know, my god th- they they think the same thing you know of like the world is controlled by like the fucking new world order, order. yeah um, Get a life and so that and that would the, there was like that thing that was going around i think it was like i don't it was like ivanka trump and someone else on twitter were like just took I I just took the red pill. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I told it was Elon Musk and and Ivanka Trump, and then Lily Wachowski was like, "Fuck you!" Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Which it's so funny that like this movie of all things, like it's more. I mean, I I can see how you can kind of take it and apply it to like whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like it does it. Like that's how kind of universal I think it is. Is that you could kind of apply to anything but to me it's clearly like a metaphor for like our current society you know what regardless of like political party that's controlling it i think the it's beyond that it's the system the mechanism the gears that are turning this thing yeah and that's actually kind of the point too of like why it can't just be like neo can't just be the sole savior even though he is a little bit by the end um but yeah, you can't just it can't just be like this guy. It's got to be this human drive for a more dignified life. You know what I mean? You know, as much as Neo is the savior, like without without everybody, he he doesn't save anything. Like like without Trinity, he doesn't make that decision to to abandon the matrix and, and humanity with the architect and like without the Oracle who's part of the matrix, by the way, setting that plan into place. Um, nobody makes that decision without Morpheus frequently defending Neo, uh, that like none of it happened. Like without Smith, that doesn't happen. So like the, it's, and the people fighting back. Yeah. And... So like the, he does and, save like it, I but was... in a, in kind of like what you were saying earlier, he, he saves it because it was like almost engineered for him to do so. Yeah, he didn't be he didn't do it because or it didn't come about because he was like inherently magical. It it was because he was put there, but then they exploited that. And right. Yeah. To me, that's he had the ability to do it profound. and they gave him the pieces to make sure that he did, which which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's so sick. It's one of the sickest movie trilogies for sure. Yeah, I agree. I'm so I'm so excited for the Matrix Resurrections. Um I haven't been I haven't been this excited for a movie sequel in like a long time. But I'm I'm fucking pumped for this. I'm so stoked to see cool fucking fight scenes in a movie. Yeah, the <laughs> the trailer looks that. bonkers. This looks so good. Like so good. Uh action wise, I mean. And then like the mystique and yeah. the mystery of the movie looks so good. 
There's like very obviously new versions of these characters that we know, which is nuts. Yeah, why is there? There's a Morpheus in it that's not Morpheus. What's that? There's a Morpheus that's not Morpheus. There's a Smith that's not Smith. There's an Oracle that's not or like it's bond. Like what? And they don't even try and hide that. They're they're just like we've got new versions of these characters. Like what's going on? That's their like that's the marketing campaign. Is like what's going on here? Which I I also feel like is very cool because like. Of course, that's what everybody's thinking, and they're just like, "Yeah, that's the draw." Like, what's going on? I love it. Great stuff. We go back to the Matrix. Oh my god! And and the line, <laughs> the line from the last trailer that stuck out to me. This isn't what you think it is. So good. Oh. <laughs> so good. You know what? Well, you know what's funny? While we were saying how, like, poignant and awesome and, like, kind of brilliant some of this is and all, all its philosophy, it's also, like, a little dumb, too, which I kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, part of part of some of what they say, while I feel like it's true, it also makes me think of, like, you're, like, high or drunk with, like, your college buddies and you're, like, talking about, like, what is reality, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's awesome. Like, and like exactly awesome the kind of stuff that you like. If I were if I were a programmer that could program reality, I'm gonna make a hot chick in a red dress. Like that's that's oh, so yeah. funny. Like of course that's what you would do. Like oh yeah yeah I love how yeah that's so good. <laughs> yeah I, I I always love that. But yeah, it's very like people shit on the movies for being too philosophical. But like I don't know, man. I like that. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's good. Just it's good for movies to ask you questions and like present theories and and maybe not make all the sense in the world, but at least they're going out there for it. Like you know, fuck. I don't care because yeah, I'm always gonna remember fucking Morpheus with the katana on the highway on the truck. Oh my, oh god, my god, that was fucking awesome. I I actually think that that sequence on the highway is probably the best action sequence in the entirety of the trilogy. Hmm, yeah, probably. I could see that. I think that might be true. Yeah. Cause like what, like what else are some contenders? Obviously the final battle with, with Smith and with Neo is, is up there. Yeah. I like even, yeah. in the first one where they're just in like the subway station is pretty fucking cool. Yep. That one is awesome. Um, I think that in, let's see. I think, like, in the first one, I don't... I guess you could call it an action scene when Morpheus and Neo are training is, like, fucking sweet. That is so cool, yeah. <laughs> but, like, just as, like, a balls-to-the-wall... The, the wall. lobby shootout is awesome, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the lobby shootout, obviously. Um, that highway thing, though, it's because it goes from, like, a chase to that to that, and it is, like, like that part is only a part of, like, a larger, like... Like one third of the movie yeah. is an action sequence. Ah, maybe maybe I did speak too soon because the did, lobby scene is fucking pretty lobby scene iconic. But that's like if that's not did, first, it's a close second. Did you see like months and months ago? Someone someone was like making fun of like I don't know why like people make fun of slow mo now when it's like it can be really sweet in movies. Uh, and I, it's act. I don't know. I just feel like do you even like certain movies if you don't like slow-mo but they were like talking about the slow-mo that's in that highway scene 
which has, I think, one of the coolest shots of Morpheus holding the katana and he's shooting the gun and you see the slow-mo bullets fucking flying out of the, or whatever, the shells coming out. It's so awesome. But someone was like, oh, all the slow-mo like is really lame in this. And here, I, I re-edited the scene and took out the slow-mo. And it's like, this sucks. Why did you do this? You made it less cool. I mean, like, if you use slow-mo too much, it can be lame. But like, it also completely depends on, like, what kind of movie it is and, like, what... Like, mm-hmm. like it, It's not the fact that, like, you're using slow-mo a lot that makes it lame. It's, like, all the other circumstances that that make it lame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we watched, um... I feel like we just watched Resident a movie. Re- yeah, Resident Evil. We're like, everything was in fucking slow-mo, and it's like, oh, okay, like, it was a little bit much. Yeah, but like, like the whole scene. I feel like... Like, I I don't feel like the Matrix was really in slow-mo, the, or the Matrix sequels no, were slow-mo that much. And even if they were, like, the Matrix invented bullet time, motherfucker. Like, pay your respects. Yeah. Right, yeah, the bullet time is sweet. Um, yeah, people make fun of it. There's, I think, different people. I mean, all these people, I think, are inspired by, like, like John Woo. Like, the early 90s, like, Hong Kong cinema, where he would really effectively use these slow-mo shots to like highlight yeah. certain things and it adds a lot of weight oh, all, all like it. the doves going by and stuff like damn <laughs> yeah fuck yeah and i think yeah obviously some people saw that and said like let's make a whole shot like that like they're just not as like clever or adept at directing and using that but i think that's another thing similar to, like, just movies being silly, where people have, like, now taken it as, like... I think people have just I- identified it, and now whenever they see it, it ticks it in their brain, and they're like, oh, there's slow-mo, that's bad, that's lame, you know? I, I do think that slow-mo can definitely be lame in movies. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that I don't, but, like I say, it, it completely depends on, like... Like, there's... there's there's so much that depends on what makes something in a movie cool or not. And, like, chances are, if you are using slow-mo in a movie and it's lame, it's probably because your movie is lame, not because you're using slow-mo, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, right. I agree. Uh, I saw you like a tweet, too, where, like, someone was bitching about the the highway scene. And it was like, this serves no thematic purpose. It was, it, like, oh. someone was dogging <laughs> on that, and I saw you liked it. And it's like, What? Yeah, what I are you talking what they about? Yeah. Like, first of all, it does. It, they're fucking escaping from the Merovingians. So like, there you go. There's your thematic purpose. But like, we're here to have fun watching movies. I think. Yeah. Oh, I think the idea was like. I think a lot of people have now like. They just think movies are like plot delivery mechanisms. You know what I mean? Or like lore slash plot mechanisms. When it's like, with that, it's like you can read a Wikipedia article. We're watching a movie. There's sights and sounds, you know what I mean? Like, that reminds me of, I saw someone tweet, like, oh, I watched Dune on my, I didn't need to see it in theaters. I watched it on my little TV at home just to make sure that it was still good. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're almost like trying to say movies, like, I said this a while ago on on Twitter, I think. I was like, I can't believe movies... Uh, deceive us by dazzling us with their amazing sights and sounds. That's so fucking dumb. Like, if if you go... My favorite hockey game that I ever saw 
was Canada winning the Olympic gold over the U.S. And I loved it because Canada won, but also because I was at a bar. I was with my friends. The entire bar went absolutely crazy when Canada won. And, like, that's just so fucking, like, oh, I went back. I went back home and watched it, uh, the replay on my TV, just to make sure that the hockey game was good. Like, no! Dude, it's it's completely, <laughs> it like, yeah, yeah, fuck, God. I mean, it's totally fine to watch a movie at home. I just felt like it was weird to frame it as, like, oh, if it's on a big screen and it looks cool and sounds cool, like, like I don't know if the movie's good because it, like... It, it impressed me or something. It's like, it sounds like you liked the movie. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> People are so fucking weird. People are so afraid to like what they like. You know? Like... That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. We talked about that in the Limp Bizkit episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Limp Bizkit shows up in the fucking soundtrack for the new Matrix? That'd be so. Oh my god. Get rage back on at least. That would be badass. God, I, I really yeah. hope they do that actually. That'd be that'd be super badass. And Rage is back together now, so perfect. There you go. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I saw I saw a movie with my family a while back and it was something they wanted to see. I just remember oh, it was that Crimes of Grindelwald movie, the Harry Potter whatever, Fantastic Beasts movie. And there's like literally like scenes where people are just like reciting wiki, wiki articles about their backstory and their character. And I was like, God, this fucking sucks. Like, can something happen in this movie? And we got out of it. And my fa- my family are like big Potter heads. They were like, oh my God, it was so amazing. Like, I loved how this character was like this. And this character is this, like in the lore. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. Like, why? You could have read a book or like read a wiki article. Like, this is a fucking movie. Like, let's, let's have some fun. <laughs> let's. It's a visual. It is a visual and audio medium, as well as a, you know, you, as well as written. You write stuff like you got to use all of the elements to make your movie. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wow, um, we went ham on this compared to those Captain N episodes. Oh, I mean, fuck, you got you got Captain N. Somewhere, somewhere down by like your ankle, and you got the matrix somewhere by your head. If we're doing like the what's better, you know, like yeah. <laughs> oh god, uh, yeah, the matrix is awesome, and I feel like everybody listening to this probably agrees. Maybe, maybe in a couple yeah. months, I'll just share this on the Champions Cast. I'll just release this bonus episode to like try and convince people to like go back and watch the Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions because they rock. They're so good. They're not perfect, but that's okay. Movies, movies yeah. nowadays are perfect, and they they're worse off for they, it. They're so boring. Yes, they're like, oh, we can't, we can't have the Green Goblin wear his cool helmet because it's too goofy. Let's fucking take his helmet off and make him wear a hoodie. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> Wait, now you can't release this on the Champions Cast. Oh well. Maybe maybe I'll just go in there and just be like, uh, here's a warning. <laughs> Don't listen to this at work. <laughs> I I edited the episode of the... I put a, a Zelda cartoon episode on one week because I was out of town. And so I went through and I edited out all of our swears and I was fucking rolling. Like, I was laughing so hard. I think, like, one of the first things we said was, like, 
Link's got that big dick energy. <laughs> oh my god. I usually don't even think about it, actually. And then I posted, like, I posted that video games, the podcast on my YouTube, and someone was like, it's nice to hear you swear. And I was like, I never considered that I swear in that, but not in my other videos. I, I remember somebody said that to me, too, because they listened to Virtual Theater after listening to the Champions cast, and was like, I couldn't believe that you dropped an F-bomb. I was like, buddy, <laughs> like, I think I swear too much yeah. in real life. I was just like, that's just how I talk. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not trying. Uh, yeah. Watch The Matrix. This is literally, yeah, I'm yes. going to totally release this as a bonus episode in a couple months. We could just put this, do you want to just put, we put this on our main feed. That'd yeah, be fine. fuck yeah, let's do that. All right, we've talked ourselves into a main feed release. Wow. This was a quality episode. This, this really was. Now, and now it's meta, like the met- Matrix, where we're talking about the episode. It's all come full circle. It was you, inevitable. You are the one who has to choose whether we end this episode or uh, just keep going for eternity. Uh, well, we, we probably should and not, not <laughs> yeah. go for eternity. Uh, although we probably could, my wife is is cooking dinner as we speak, and uh, I think that she's Steak? I think she's already well. I say think because <laughs> either she's cooking it or she's already cooked it and is eating without me. So it's one of those two. Like it's either the blue pill or the red pill option. And I'm not sure. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I hope it's tasty. I'm I'm sure it will be. She's a great cook. Hell yeah! <laughs> there you go. All right, the major. Yeah. Fuck yeah, The Matrix. Hmm. Go watch The Matrix, everybody. And you know Thanks what? Watch The Animatrix, too. Show. The Animatrix is sweet. I'm going to do that soon, too. We'll we'll cover that. Yeah. I, I went out and uh, I actually didn't own The Animatrix until this year. I'd watched it, but I never actually went out and bought it. And so I bought it this year. And it's not really anything that you need to know, but it's still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Oh, it's fucking cool because they got some legends of anime yeah to like do some of these yeah it's such a good idea they they stole for that star wars show uh there's even a um there's a batman movie too that like has a bunch of different anime artists it's kind of the same premise as the animatrix that's also like fucking sweet i think it's called gotham knights or something like that it's it's cool oh fuck yeah 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 it's a great idea (laughs) for Um, anything yeah honestly yeah for anything it's like that what's that netflix show called uh uh, Love, Death, and Robots, or something like that. It's kind of like, it's got the same energy I've never, as that. I've never seen that. That's pretty cool okay. too, because and that one is like very different styles of. It, it's basically the Animatrix, actually, except just general cyberpunk stories. It's very cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I, I guess if we're doing a, a main episode, maybe we should plug our our shit before we get out of here. Um. All right. Yeah. Do it <laughs> at Virtual Theater X at Spiteri three sixteen at gooey fame and virtual theater is of course available wherever you get your podcast like and subscribe this was originally my friends going to be a patreon bonus episode but we worked ourselves into a shoot and now <laughs> now you're getting it wherever you listen to your podcast so if you liked this episode by god there are tons and tons and tons of similar episodes like this over on our patreon channel we frequently get together talk about stuff like this and release it to to Patreon. So the only way to get that is to head over there and throw us a a buck or two for for our troubles. And I think it's worth it. I think you'll get a lot of uh, 
really yeah. great, great content out of that. We we do plenty more episodes like this where we go for just as long. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Check it out. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's bounce, Goo. This is fun. I can't I can't wait to talk about resurrections. I can't wait. Oh yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Until until then, we'll see you when Resurrections comes out.